Hey legends, welcome along to Scheme Me Up Body. I'm your host, Rodney Stewart, and we're getting into in our little chat about Star Trek Picard Season 2. This uh, episode is Watcher. Um, a good, good episode. I enjoyed this one quite a bit, but the only thing I would say about this season of Picard, um, I kind of feel that it's similar to most of the new shows right now I feel genuinely do feel that these days the the TV and film industry has finally became the music industry you know just things have been pumped out and they seem to be getting pumped out a lot quicker than they really should and because of that it almost seems like there's there's not enough story to justify uh, the length of shows and this here having at this point of recording this podcast, I'm running that far behind on episodes that I'm, I've actually finished watching the entire run of Picard. And in total, I really did enjoy season two of Picard, but it could have quite easily have been an hour and a half worth of a Star Trek movie. It's just, uh, as I say, there just doesn't seem to be enough story there to justify the length of the episodes. But at the beginning of this one, um, Rafi and Seven, they're trying to find Rios. They've tracked his comm badge to the clinic. Uh, when they get there, of course, they're too late. We already know he's been arrested. And they get this information from a woman that's cleaning up after the raid. And she pretty much tells them, you know, if you don't find your friend soon, the ICE officers are going to make him disappear forever. Um, back at Chateau Picard, uh, John Luke cloaks La Serena and... Uh, he and Gerardi go into the house in search of a source of warmth while the ship is self-repairing. Uh, as they're walking through the the house, uh, viewers get uh, we get the answers to questions we've been asking for decades. You know, why does Jean-Luc Picard have a French name and background but has an English accent? And it turns out during the Second World War, the Nazis had used the the shadow as a, a base of operations and Picard's family fled to England so that's where he's got his uh, English accent from um, you know it does tie up some questions and loose ends and whatnot. but at the, at the end of the day uh, you know I think that we're peppering too much explanations on to a lot of stuff that really doesn't need it you know, you could have quite easily assumed this without having the episode actually uh, taking time out to say, oh, this is why this has happened. You know, it's just, uh, um, again, it's padding out the episodes a wee bit, I felt for that there. Um, uh, in 2024, the date they're in at the moment, the, the shadow is still abandoned. Although the family retains the ownership of it. Uh and it seems as though it stays empty until young John Luke arrives at the house with his family. We've seen in flashbacks earlier on where you see him as a kid and the house isn't slightly and still in disrepair in places, so it's almost as if his family are the ones that have moved into it. Um, one thing that has jumped out at me throughout the run of this season of Picard is, where is Picard's brother? You know, we get all these flashbacks of Picard, you know, John Luke, a young version of him, and uh, his mother and father, but there's there's no 
mention or it doesn't show where his brother is at. Of course, we know he does have a brother. So uh, it kind of feels like it, uh, that was a bit left out. But uh, I'm sure somebody somewhere is going to make a video or a podcast explaining that he was probably away at boarding school. Um, or if that was mentioned, I completely missed it. <laughs> so uh, um, we're treated uh, again to another one, which hence... Uh, Flashback that is, we're treated in our flashback, and it hints of darkness and John looks past, and uh, we're not sure exactly what it is at this point, whether it be domestic violence or something else. And we just we do know at this point there is uh, something that John Luke is kind of hiding from his past, and that was kind of the setup to the entire series and episode one. Whenever Q jumped in, and did what he did. Um, Jean-Luc figures out that Agnes' subconscious is surfacing a number 15, you know, whenever she had her, uh, whenever she was connected to the Borg Queen, she was trying to get information and coordinates, but she didn't quite manage it, but uh, in the house she keeps doing things that have the number 15 in it, like there's an abacus there, she puts 15 numbers back, uh, there's a book she lifts, it's uh, volume 15, and the the bottle of wine that she's lifted is a uh, year, 18, 15, whatever the first number was, I can't recall, but it was definitely ended in 15, so Picard realises this is information she's lifted from the board Queen, and Specifically for the divergence in the timeline, uh, they reckon, okay, this is where we've got three days, this is obviously April 15th, three days from now. Uh, that gives them a mission, the mission a new level of, holy crap, we need to get this sorted out quickly, because once we hit that and the, the timeline changes, we're doomed. We have to figure it out, fix it before that happens. Since Gerati and Picard uh, still can't reach the other crew members, Picard decides that uh, he needs to go and seek the Watcher himself. Um, there is coordinates that Agnes got hold of from the Borg Queen, and uh, she transports him out, leaving her alone with the Queen. And uh, that can't go well at this point. Um, yes, Jean-Luc materialises the coordinates, and uh, a very familiar place. The street is Forward Street, and there's a place called Number 10. So, of course, 10 Forward, Enterprise, Guinan's Bar. Of course, we're going to meet a younger version of Guinan in this episode. And uh, she's not the person that we're familiar with. Uh, she's a lot younger. Elorians uh, are have a very, very long lifespan, and uh, yes, so this is a, a version of Guinan that hasn't met Picard yet. Um, it's uh, interesting given that they should have met in the next, well on, I'm just, I'm looking up some information here as well. That is an interesting little hole there in the, the timeline. Uh, there was an episode of The Next Generation called Times Arrow, Parts 1 and 2. Uh, the Enterprise crew travelled back in time to the 1800s and encounters Guinan from that time period living on Earth. 
All right. But uh, Gainham doesn't recognise Picard in this episode, so this is, you know, this is well after the time where she should have met Jean-Luc. But I'm, I'm only going by, like, I've literally pulled up some Google documents here, as never I'm recording this as well, and I'm just kind of skipping through... Uh, Info that's been published online already So uh, Bit of a lazy podcast this one Not even doing my own research I did watch the episode of course But That's interesting I had completely forgotten about Time Zero That's been that You know I've watched Next Generation countless times And now that I've seen The name Time Zero Parts 1 and 2 That does make a lot of sense uh, But uh, I'm pretty sure there's some sort of explanation there, but again, as I said earlier on, it seems these days that they're 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 trapping out shows quicker than they really should be, and they're maybe just missing bits and pieces along the line. Uh, this guy in this episode, she's not inclined to help him. She's angry, disillusioned, upset that Earth has been that had so much potential, and yet humans are intenting squandering it, and it's a real. Uh, Blast at modern society these days. Now it is a fair point in this episode. Like there's, she's packing up her bar, ready to leave, and she's giving away her stuff to charity. And she sends her dog off with this guy who is a Q from a Practical Jokers. He turns up in this episode, and I wasn't prepared for that at all. I'm a huge fan of Tell Him Steve Dave. Q is a, a host on it and uh, Brian Quinn I should say not Q as in Q Star Trek Q click your fingers Q he's known as Q in real life Quinn and uh, he turns up and gets the dog so it was a, a bit of a treat to see him turning up as I say tell him Steve Dave <laughs> tell him Steve Dave fan and of course that led on to Impractical Jokers So I've been watching a lot of his stuff So just to see him turn up in this episode And not even expecting it was a bit of a treat But uh, yes, she is Gainan is very much heartbroken with Earth And the way people are treating each other And whenever she's going to give her stuff away At one point in the episode she's like You know, this is what life is like here And you see like homeless people living in the streets and everything so it is a real, a real blast at modern society. And if you do watch this episode and really tick into account her performance, it's you know it's it's a real kick in the teeth. Whenever you actually think, oh crap, you know this is what this is what life is actually like. You know, people will stand in your face as quick as they look at you right now. It's uh, it's crazy. Anyway, uh, Rafi and Seven, uh, they're on a bus. And uh, this is a nice little call back to the voyage home, uh, the wheel movie. There was a guy on a bus in the movie playing a stereo, blasting the music, happy, uh, punk rocker sort. And uh, Kirk asks him, you, you turn that noise down, and he gives him the finger, and uh, Spock leans across and hits him with a Vulcan neck pinch and knocks him out. And this same guy was hired and brought back for this new episode playing the exact same character in 2022 or whatever the, the date is this is set. And he's still, like he's more than middle-aged 
happy at this point and he's got the ghetto blaster again and he's hammering the music out and uh, this time Seven says you, you mind turning that noise down and uh, there's no arguments from him this time like he, he reaches up towards his neck where he got the, the pinch from Spock back in the the voyage home and he's like he apologise I'm sorry I'm sorry sorry I just love that song so it is uh, it's a funny little sequence I enjoyed that um Seven is able to have a conversation with Rafi about Elnor and it's clear that Rafi blames herself for Elnor's death and she's angry and impulsive as a result and at the police station where they're trying to track down Rios but aren't having any luck uh, she is getting really angry with the woman behind the counter but there's a guy there that tells Rafi that they're at the wrong place and they need to find immigration and customs uh Finally, we get to see Rios, who's in uh, a detention centre, and it's clear that the ICE officers are getting ready to deport these people, denying them access to legal representation and treating them terribly. Uh, Teresa finds Rios and assures him she's okay. You know, this, this has happened to her before. You know, she'll get a wrap in the knuckles and get sent out again, as she's got her her papers. You know, she's uh, legal and the country and whatnot, but of course Rios been from the future doesn't have any of that stuff so he's going to get deported out of the country like the rest of these people and uh, yeah outside the police station uh, Rafi breaks into the police car and accesses the immigration and customs database but uh, they discover that Rios has been held 25 miles away uh, Rafi manages to contact La Serena to see about transport uh, but it's it's not good news um, the good news is there's good news and bad news essentially Agnes responds that the communications are working again, the bad news is transporters are still not operational and this has got a lot to do with the Borg Queen and her screw about of La Serena um, they steal the police car they break into the police car, use the computer to get into the files, and they end up stealing it to get away. And uh, after a little coaxing, Seven turns the car. Uh, hold on a second. Right. Uh, Seven turns the car on, and it's immediately clear that she's never got a holodeck driving lesson from Tom Paris and Star Trek Voyager. Uh, the car chasing Sue's and then you know in all fairness for a woman that's never driven a car before she does some flipping fantastic moves in this episode but uh, Dr. Girati back in Las Arena tries to get the transporters online and the Borg Queen creepily offers her help uh, so uh, the Borg Queen has got plans for Girati uh, back with Picard and Guinan uh he shares some of the details of their mission that that he's from the future and he's trying to prevent an altercation in the timeline. Uh, what he hasn't told her is his name to prevent things from getting even more messed up. Uh, he asks her to have patience with humanity. You know, she's she's just devastated and wants to leave at this point. Uh, Gainan points out that. At someone like Picard who has the luxury of patience versus someone who looks like her. So, you know, you've got the the whole race storyline happening here as well. You know, Picard's uh, 
the white man and uh, society is going to back up the white man more than the the black woman essentially so uh, yes it's and people again as I said and I think I said it in the last episode you know people complain about Star Trek being too political these days but you know what this stuff was peppered through Star Trek for years it's nothing new at this point it's just more uh, on the chin now than what it was back in the day like you know they you know, some of the political stuff that popped up in Star Trek and the classic episodes, you know, the original series, Next Generation and all that sort of thing, they were social situations that were happening on Earth, but they would be, the creators of the show were genius enough to, like, take something that was happening with, uh, like, a race war, say, on Earth, and uh, they would put it onto like two different alien races and they'd have a similar situation set in a different planet and because it wasn't directly going towards the source material they were taking it from but an alien culture they got away with it and got it onto screen so it was a genius way of doing it but these days uh, you know people aren't as genius as they were back then and it's really on the chin right now and you know I just I don't get why people haven't realised this at this point. Um, back at the t- at detention centre, Teresa's allowed to leave, and uh, the ICE officer informs Rios that he's going to be deported on a bus. And Chris finally decides to cooperate and gives his full name and the true story of how he ended up in the cell. <laughs> and uh, you know he goes through everything. Truffle, this guy's like, you know the. The whole time he's been incarcerated, you know, who are you, where are you from, what's your, you know, all your information and whatnot. And Rios was saying nothing, but through sheer frustration at this point, he just decides, well, screw it. You know, these guys aren't going to give me an inch anyway, so I might as well just tell them the truth. And uh, uh, he does. He tells me he's from the future. He's the, the captain of a starship vessel, and he's, you know, uh, with a ragtag crew of misfits from the future back to try and sort out something wrong with the past um, yeah so the officer doesn't believe him Rios fully expected this to happen but he ends up on the bus anyway heading to a sanctuary district and time's running out for Seven and Rafi to rescue him back in La Serena uh, Agnes resorts to asking the board Queen for her help with the transporters because she can't get them back online in time the Queen taunts Agnes and talks about how she's always alone, but Agnes turns it around on her and she promises that if the Boar Queen helps her, then Gerardi will talk to her. So, uh, you know, Gerardi's like, you know, you're just as lonely as I am. So I'll tell you what you do, you help me out, and then in our spare time we can share sad sack stories about being lonely and all that sort of stuff. So, uh, yes, uh, the Boar Queen agrees because Gerardi manages to pull just uh, she agrees to this here of course she's got deeper plans to it and Gerardi manages to pull Seven and Rafi out of the car in the nick of time and they materialise by a deserted stretch of road and have to figure out how to hijack the bus without drawing attention to themselves meanwhile Agnes once again limits the Borg's Queen to access to the ship and walks away and leaves her alone so there's a real back and forth between these two and uh, real psychological warfare going on between the two of them. Uh, 
But Gerardi, she's just taking time to herself to uh, re-energize on her deal. Uh, John Luke's getting nowhere with gaining. And uh, she's about to climb into the car and drive off and leave him be. She's like, I hope you find what you're looking for. And finally, he gives her the last piece of information uh, he has in order to convince her. And that's his name. I'm John Luke Picard. And it works. There's uh, some information that uh, Picard gives Gainham, particularly earlier in the episode where he repeats back words to her that she's going to say to him in the future. And it makes her throw up. And it's like a time sickness sort of thing that Elorians are uh, subject to whenever it comes to this sort of thing. So whenever he gives her a name, his name, at the end of the episode, close to the end of the episode, uh, it works. Uh, it's not clear if it's because she recognises his name or senses some sort of trans-temporal importance around it, but she tells him to get into the car. Um... Gainan tells him that he's looking for a supervisor, also known as Watcher. Uh, they're assigned to protect the destiny of certain people. and But it's not clear who's in charge of the whole thing. Uh, it could be something to do with protecting the timeline. Um, we've seen this before in uh, the timeships of Star Trek Voyager. Uh, Gainan takes Jean-Luc to, uh, for a face-to-face meeting with the Watcher. He's been waiting to meet. And there was an episode of the original series. Oh, gosh. I'm going to really... I can't believe I can't get this piece of information. Hold on a second. I'm actually going to have to look this up right now as I'm recording because it's going to drive me insane if I can't recall the the actual name of the guy in the episode from the original series. Um. Yes, there was, and this is a, this is definitely an offshoot. Similar. Uh, there's a transport effect using this here, and it's definitely pulled from the original series. Time agent Star Trek. Uh, original series. I'm actually googling this now, as we're talking. Um. Gary Seven, that's it, Gary Seven from uh, an episode of the original series, so this Watcher is a similar time agent to him. Uh, Yes, um, we get to a park in the episode, and uh, a little girl approaches Gainan, and Picard, and her, her eyes are waited out, and apparently the Watcher has the ability to take over other people. And she wants to make sure Picard hasn't been followed before she reveals herself to him. So this happens for a couple of people. The wee girl takes him so far, tries to take the communicator off him. At one point, uh, Picard refuses because you know, if he lets us go, he's going to be stranded. And the little girl agrees, you know, keep it, but take the parcel out or we're going no further. So uh, she takes him on a little bit and... Uh, the spell wears off, her eyes turn back to normal, and she's like, she doesn't really understand what's happening, she walks away. And then there's a guy that's like selling hot dogs on the side of the street, you see his eyes waiting over, and he points a different direction, Picard walks a little bit, then there's another guy, same thing happens, he takes him a little bit further, and uh, falls him in on the, 
uh, the situation, you know, I'm just, you haven't met me yet, I'm taking you to the real me, but I just want to make sure you're not being followed and whatnot. But uh, finally, we get to see this person who the watcher is, and uh, this woman turns around and it looks like Laris. It's the same actress that played Laris, and uh, looks a lot like her, she's human. Uh, gives it, and it's clear that this isn't the person Picard knows and possibly loves. I'll say possibly at this point because I know where it's going. Um, she transports him away again using that effect from the original series, so it, it stands out huge. And at the very end of the episode, we see a, a young woman that we haven't met yet, and she walks out of a building reading a book. And an older man is watching her, and it turns out that it's Q. And he's talking about her fear, saying that she can't do whatever it is she's supposed to do. Uh, he's wearing a Europa mission lab coat and reading about space exploration. So it's it's possible this young woman is involved in some sort of space mission. Of course she is. Fuck it. You know, we know where this is going. Sorry for swearing. Try not to do that in these, these episodes. And uh, he snaps his fingers. Uh, you know obviously he's going to try and make her really fear whatever he's talking about and uh, nothing happens and uh, instead she laughs at whatever she's reading in her book and Q says that's unexpected and most unfortunate um, yeah so uh, at the end of the episode let's say we're starting to realise that Jean-Luc Picard was right. There's something wrong with Q and his powers. And it seems as though Q is trying to interfere in the timeline. Otherwise, why would he be there? But there's there's something larger going on here. Uh, you know, what is wrong with Q? We don't know at this point in the, the series. But uh, and who's the watcher and who she work for and whatnot. We know this sort of stuff. You know, it's, there's a lot of callbacks to classic Star Trek. And, uh, you know, if you know the older shows and I really need to familiarise myself with them again because I can't believe that I actually had to look up uh, Gary Seven uh, yeah so uh, I'll definitely get reacquainted with that as we're going to go ahead and we're doing the original series on here anyway so uh, this was an interesting episode to say the least and we got a good uh, version of Guinan here and the problems that she was facing in her past and about to give up on humanity altogether but Picard's able to talk her into you know, don't leave Earth yet you're not done with humanity you won't be for a long, long time but, you know uh, but I was actually surprised at, and, you know, hopefully there's a way around this here and because I... I genuinely, I genuinely can't remember for myself that that, that two-part episode of The Next Generation where Picard actually met Guinan before this point in time. But uh, yes, it'll be interesting to actually get as far as that, that two-parter again and see what the deal was right there. So it's, uh, it's weird. Well, I suppose none of you doing science fiction shows I guess here and you start to screw about with the timelines and whatnot there's you know even if something doesn't make sense 
you can always put it down to uh, temporal distortions or something like that. So it would be. I'm curious myself now to get back and check that two-parter out just to refresh my memory on it. But uh, you know, there's mountains and mountains of Star Trek at this point, and you know, and again, as I did say, I think the writers at this point are just trying to pad out episodes, just to, or pad out scripts, just to get something out there. It's uh, it's something that I really don't like to see. You know, I've got a huge, huge respect for TV and film, and uh, to see it going down the road that the music industry went down about 15 to 20 years ago at this point, where things were just getting pumped out, and not as much time been spent on them, you know, just, I feel in the last 20 years, uh, the music industry in particular has taken... It's not to say there's not good songs coming out, but they're definitely not as good as they used to be. And uh, it kind of feels that TV and film is starting to go down that same path now. So, uh, yes, we'll just have to see what happens. But there's a lot to like in this episode. <coughs> Particularly Guinan and her story and uh, just the social commentary that her character has and on modern life. The, the time period there and at this this moment in time is literally only two years from now so it's it's uh it's a little bit in the future but it's still you know given uh the modern day the ass kicking that it really needs uh modern life is crap compared to what it used to be and people as i say would step in your face as quick as it look at you so that's going to do it for this episode guys i hope you did indeed enjoy it please rate and review the show share it along, do all that good social media stuff. I will love you forever and I will talk to you in the next episode. This has been a production of Coins Edge Media. Thank you so much for listening.